What up, guys? Welcome to the What We Watched podcast. Uh, my name is JC. I'm on here with my good buddy, Waz, Matt Wazbinski. Um, and we're here just talking about movies, TV shows, just basically everything that like we've been watching lately and its realm and fall and everything in the pop culture world today. Um, yeah. So what's... Uh, Waz, do you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to open up with? No, man. I mean, I'm excited. Uh, so we had podcast number one. If you guys haven't listened to that yet, uh, we talked about WrestleMania. So we're getting all the spectrums at this podcast today. We're talking about uh, Christian films. And last time we talked about WWE. So, you know, we're all, all over the spectrum here. At love watch. Um, yeah. So but first, before we jump into Christian films and everything, and specifically even Breakthrough, the new movie that just came out this weekend. Um, what's, what's one or a couple of things that you've been watching this past week since we've last talked? Well, so Breakthrough, uh, we literally just watched that one, so we'll talk about that one a little bit more. But mostly I've been watching um, a lot of basketball. I know that you have been very kind <laughs> yes. in your trash talk to me. Uh, but... Uh, my Detroit Pistons are playing JC's uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Playing, and, playing is um, a very nice way is... to put what they're doing. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, whatever. La- last game felt pretty good. I feel okay after the, la- the first game was literally like you know a professional team playing yes. a like high school team. Like it was bad. Uh, the second game, I felt like it got away from us in the second half because we just couldn't yeah. keep it like going, but. Like, it made me feel like, okay, maybe if Blake Griffin comes back in game three and we're at home, like, there's at least a shot. Like, game one, I felt like there is no, like, why even play the rest of the games? Like, it's mathematically impossible. Well, game two at least made me say, okay, it would still be a huge, huge upset, but, like, there's at least Mm -hmm. potential for for a miracle to happen. Um, And so, yeah, so that's been kind of my thing uh, recently is just, uh, haven't been watching as many movies, but just a lot of sports uh, with baseball mm-hmm. season kicking off. Um, and then uh, specifically the NBA playoffs. I kind of treat the NBA playoffs very similar to um, college basketball. where like regular season. I'll tune in, you know, if my team is playing like a marquee mm-hmm. game or if there's like a big, okay, maybe a former player is going back to his old yeah. team, you know, those sort of games. But I don't necessarily watch every single you kind of regular follow season along game. And, check and so and that's exactly yeah. I'm the same way. Yes, like yeah, exactly. Keep tabs and see how, you know, my favorite play because for basketball I'm much more of a player okay. person than a team person. I love the Pistons. But, you know, if I have an individual that I root or support, if they switch teams, then now all of a sudden right. I hope that team does well. And so um yeah, so and same thing like with college basketball. Like I don't really watch regular season college basketball, just enough to kind of be in the know so when the tournament starts then you kind of can deep dive into it so i'm the same way with nba where regular season kind of just keep tabs see how teams are doing see how players are doing and then once the playoffs start then i'll probably watch you know at least a good 75 percent of the games um and then more and more so the deeper that you get into the playoffs so that's kind of been my thing is being massively depressed over my pistons i might actually try to go to the game on saturday um and will them to a win uh but uh, it's like literally the worst possible setup for us because you guys are literally yeah. the best team record-wise in the NBA, and we got in yeah. on the 82nd game. So we are the 16th <laughs> out of 16 teams in the playoffs. So it's not even just a one versus an eight. It's a one versus a six team. And so I would have felt much more comfortable. We were sitting at the seventh seat for a while, and we would have yeah. gotten to play the Raptors. And our coach, uh, for those that don't know, actually got fired by the Raptors. So he was just their coach last year. Uh, we swept them in the season series. So even though they're a better team, I feel like we kind of have that edge on them because, you know, we have their former coach. And so I think that that even adds a little bit of fuel to the fire. Um, And then we dropped to the eight seed. I'm like, now we have to play the Bucks. Well, it was fun while it lasted. And so I'm hoping, I'm praying that like, you know, they make it a series and maybe win Mm -hmm. one or two of these games at home. But um, that's mostly just the optimistic fan, but that's what yeah, I've been see, watching in the past. Week. Uh, yeah, I would, and I'm, I'm the same way with you as I'm just kind of lightly following along and check ESPN. And I did fantasy basketball this year for 
the first time since like high school and I sucked at it. There's so many games and so many things. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, fantasy football is just mm-hmm. set up so perfectly, and that's why it's done so well. Is because as long as you check it Thursday yeah. afternoon, and then check it kind of sporadically for injuries, like game time decisions, you're fine. But I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport, and I did fantasy baseball for one season, and I'm like, it's just so much. So much. And so, yeah. same thing um, with basketball. What I've been watching lately, um, a lot of YouTube, as per usual. Um, I love, mm-hmm. if I could suggest a couple of channels, the Valley Folk is really great. Absolutely. And they put out like just quality after quality content. Um, old source fed hosts doing that. Um, but one thing that I've watched on recently on Netflix was the last season of New Girl. Um, and I know it was on TV. Oh, so good. It was on TV, but I just caught it on Netflix mm-hmm. and stuff. And man, New Girl is like I think a second tier show for me. Like you've got like The Office, you've got Parks and Rec, you've got Friends. Those are all like tier one TV comedies. Yeah. And New Girl, while I really enjoyed it, it was like a tier two for me. Like there's like I love Nick, I love Schmidt and Winston, even Jess and Cece, um, and everything. But I feel like, especially with this last season, I was like, man, it's maybe because I just binged it and flew through it the seven episodes, yeah. I felt like it, I wish they would have ended it last season instead of just doing this little half season run. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, and that's part of it is, uh, cause we watched it. I think we watched like the first, cause it was a fifth season yeah. that was really short. Right. I think. And so I think that we had watched the first three seasons, uh, on Netflix and then we watched season four live. And then I think we did the same thing you did, uh, me and Ashley. Uh, we watched, like, we waited until it came on Netflix, and then we finished it. But, yeah, it did kind of feel like a last gasp. Like, it yeah, felt very they did it just to tie up um, loose ends and stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. And I think that um, part of that mm-hmm. probably has to do with the timing of, like, when they found out that yeah. this was going to be it and all that. But it was just, I agree with you. I think that if they would have known going in or gotten a full season to kind of right. just have some fun with it, um, it's a good show, but I do think there was a lot left on the mm-hmm. table or just, um, it just kind of felt like, oh, okay. Like I didn't Yeah, feel I did like how they ended it. I did like, like it. you know, Winston's last prank. And I did, um, I loved yep. all the cameos throughout the season. You see all these, all basically all the returning characters come back. Um, the only one I wish mm-hmm. I would have saw was Bear Claw. Josh Gad, I love Bear Claw. <laughs> um, yes. I wish I would have seen him yes. come back, but, you know, scheduling and stuff. But I loved all the canyons, but it was just, it just kind of ended very, like, uh, 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 thrown together, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very patchworky. But, yeah, I mean, good show. Around, would show. highly recommend that you check I it really- out. But, but, yeah, I think that it just doesn't stick the landing and not even like you said, it wasn't a bad ending. Like it's how some people are not super thrilled with the way, like yeah. how I met your mother ended. Like it's nothing along those lines, but it just felt like you could, you felt the weight of the, it mm-hmm. being a half of a season instead well, of a and full let's season. Think about this. This just um, popped into my head. So I'm okay with putting it out there on the interwebs, but the next, mm-hmm. maybe the next time a season, a series <laughs> ends, um, I know game of Thrones is ending now. I haven't watched any of that shocker mm-hmm. but i same but i know right like i feel like i'm super far behind on, yeah as in, same here. Started it. um did we just lose all credibility <laughs> for our exactly they're like oh you have no idea what you're talking podcast. about that. <laughs> well they have to subscribe first to <laughs> exactly well subscribe first everyone who's listening just subscribe just so you can unsubscribe, and maybe your computer yes. will die, and we'll get um, to keep you. But we should do like a, an episode on shows ending and finales, and maybe that'll yes. be our last episode. <laughs> exactly, our finale will be so, about finales. But so that going said, so new girl, I liked it. It was, you know, it was a nice little end, kind of awkward, but that that's that show sometimes. So now uh, we're going to talk about this week's. Big, I think it might be the biggest movie coming out this week. Breakthrough, I think so. I think a lot of movies right now, 
are kind of just holding their collective breath for next yes. week and for Endgame. So, like, I think every movie that was coming out this week knew that it had this week and that was it. Like, so you're not going to get a lot of big... I think you had yeah. The Curse of La Llorona, uh coming out, uh, which, you know, is a... Uh, James Wan didn't do it, but uh, Conjuring right. Universe film. Um, but yeah, that's a typical horror movie. But yeah, you're not going to have any big thing come right before Endgame. And so that's kind of why this is a nice sweet spot to put um, well, Breakthrough. I, think, um, I keep trying to call right. it Unbreakable, and I'm like, nope, um, that's a TV show. And it's show. <laughs> a movie with, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis. Oh, yes. Bruce I Willis, think, yes. So I think and I'll go more into this when we get kind of deeper into the movie and Christian movies in mm. general. But so I'll, I'm going to save my thought. What did you think of the film? I thought it was good. Um, so I, I will openly tell people this. I judge Christian movies with a different scale. Okay. Um, and I'm, so if you're asking me on the regular movie scale, it was fine. It was passable. It was like it was. There was nothing egregious about it, um, but if I was putting it on the Christian scale, I'd say it's a little bit higher. I think that um, the quality was a little bit higher than mm -hmm. most Christian films. The fact that uh, you see a lot of um, name actors that David White is nowhere to be found. Right. Uh, for those of you who <laughs> don't know who David White is, he's the guy who plays like the pastor in every single Pure Flicks movie. Um, yeah, and you know, is just, yeah. And he's also, I believe he's like the owner mm -hmm. of Pure Flakes or something like that. Um, but you could tell just by the um, people that they chose to hire, none of them being, you know, super huge quality, you know, marquee well, no, level some, names. Definitely have some but, big names, you know, Chrissy Metz from This Is yeah. Us, Topher Grace, obviously from his renowned yes. Spider-Man run. But like, once again, like an all-star, like, yeah, like all-star, like TV mm -hmm. name. Mike Coulter, the um, all-state insurance And guy. so, which, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My wife actually asked, so he's like the next Morgan Freeman, right? He, and I'm like, no, he's just like, he's, he's just got one of those voices. Like he, he's a cheap Idris Elba. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, like all oh, good, me, Dr. Hayes, so I mean this as a compliment. I got his name wrong. Yes. And that's the thing, is I think that, it's a definite step in the right direction um, as far as, and they even had like a little promo thing where they said like Steph Curry executive was producer. a yeah. executive producer. So, you know, you have some people who, um, you know, are investing some money and some resources into this and it didn't seem like it was just slapped together right. to make a buck. Um, but it still kind of had some of those Christian movie yeah. tropes to it. And I think, yeah, I think, out of if I look at it on my regular movie scale, and we don't have really like a set rating yeah. scale that we use, but um, yeah, like five out of five bananas. Uh, letterboxed, uh, if you guys don't know, Letterboxd is like a movie review app. Um, I gave it two and a half stars out of five, and that's out of five, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, I would, out of I would agree with that. You know, like Christian what, movies, why, I, think I would why, go three and a half. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just gives it, it's sort of like grading it on a curve, which is kind of terrible that we have to do that. Um, but it just, it's true. If you're putting it, you know, shoulder to shoulder with God's Not Dead and Facing the Giants, then, yeah, I right. think it's better than those movies. But if you are putting it next to, you know, just everything else that came out this year, I think that, you know, it's, it's good, um, but exactly. it's not great. So I think... So why why would why do you lay that two and a half? You know, because it, it, it did everything it was supposed to do. If I were to sit here and tell you that I did mm -hmm. not cry at all during this movie, I would be the biggest liar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I cried, and that's no, a very true. A uh, insurance commercial or a Honda RV commercial <laughs> will get me crying. I've my wife has yelled at me multiple times for crying on a couch watching a commercial for auto yeah. insurance because um, it just moves me. But uh, so it, it hit all its yeah. notes and did everything it's supposed to do. But there are so many, I think, good opportunities that it 
choked on that it decided it could have gone hard yeah. this way and been like, oh, a real serious conversation regarding faith and miracles. And, you know, at one point, one of the characters asks, why did you get saved and not my husband? You know? Yes, and that was so good. Kind of like, oh, never mind. Go on about your day. And I'm like, no, hit this. Yeah. Like, you can go into it. And they, yes. and they kind of touch on it later, but it's like, you could have had such a powerful moment there that everybody asked, everybody mm-hmm. asked that question, but they just mm-hmm. didn't, they just kind of brush it off. And they, there were so many opportunities, but they decided to stick with the cheesy Christian movie tropes that yeah. we've all seen before, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> there was a good story here, uh, you know, based off of a true story, and it is a miraculous story. Um, and so I, I don't think it's something where it's um, one of my problems with films like God's Not Dead is they take a concept um, like, you know, Christian persecution yeah. or whatever, and they magnify it to a level where I have no doubt that that stuff is going right. on. Um, but they dramatize it in such a way that it's like, a oh, look at me. It, it's almost like, um, I'm trying to think of a very appropriate way to say this, um, self-pleasing yourself uh, for Christians. Very, like, it, yeah, we it, are persecuted. Yeah, exactly. It's just very, like, because you're t- you know your target audience is, um, you know, I took my cousin, uh, it was super funny because I was going to a movie. I was going to see God's Not Dead. I hadn't seen it yet. And uh, my cousin, who's agnostic, uh, mm-hmm. he believes, you know, there probably is a God. He just doesn't really land right. in any particular camp. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I'll go see it with you. And, you know, we were living uh, in an apartment together at the time. So we went. And I remember, like, um, from his perspective, like, I I just – feel like it was a lot of oh yeah look at how tough of a life we have and how bad of a life mm-hmm. like know what i mean like look at what we have to struggle through and if you and you know that your target audience there you know 80 90 of the people who go see that film are people who already agree mm-hmm. with what the film is trying to kind of pitch um and so that's one of my problems well this one i think is a it's based off an actual true event right. that happened and so that makes me feel – so it's not some made-up thing to try to you know, right. boost you up and say, yeah, you're, you are persecuted, but stand strong. It's just kind of relaying the message of an amazing thing right. that God did. And so for me, that, that definitely gave it some points. It wasn't, um, hey, this is something God is capable of doing, but this is something that exactly. God has done. Yeah. And let's celebrate it. And so um, – but yeah, I probably would have said about the same um, on a scale of like you know zero to five. I probably would have put it. Um, if I'm judging be like a 2.5 or a 3 mm-hmm. um, yeah it was super funny because uh, we took our daughter Everly yeah. to the movie and uh, she had to uh, get a diaper change she's, seven, she's 17 and so I'm like okay I'll be so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is about one and a half and she is wonderful but so I had to go change her diaper really quick and it was like literally the last preview was going and so I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to miss, like, the first two minutes. And I came back, and uh, I sat down, and I said, okay, well, what did I miss? And she said, you know, uh, the yeah. happy music playing and everyone getting ready for their day. <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, because that's literally how basically every single yes. Christian film starts. <laughs> like, I would love to do a tally of, uh, you know, you have that, like, mm-hmm. whimsical music playing, and then you have, like, people and getting their coffee and getting dressed and loading their kids into the minivan. They're going to get tied into the movie exactly. somehow. Exactly. And then some sort of aerial shot. church or school of, like, or something. You know, yeah. a field. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so, yeah, so even though I missed the first two minutes, I could probably accurately describe exactly what I missed. And so, and that's, and we'll talk about that in just a second after we kind of stop focusing specifically on Breakthrough. But, um, but yeah, I did feel like you said, there were some great opportunities that were missed and they kind of did kind of fall into the groove of, well, this is what you just do in a faith film. And these are the boxes that we need to check. So 
great story. And I think that it was really good that they actually invested in um, actors and actresses um, with some credibility as opposed to going back to the same well that we've seen several times. Um, you know, the same Christian actors and actresses that uh, kind of have gotten role after role. Right. Um, and so that raised it a little bit, but still, I think that it, it wasn't something where I am telling people from screaming from the mountaintops. Yeah, people exactly. to go check like, it out. There was one moment, I can't, what moment was it? There was, there was actually a moment where I literally laughed out loud. Um, <laughs> and out of like a pure funny moment. Oh, it was when Topher Grace, yeah. um, so that Topher Grace, the pastor, and Chrissy Metz, the mom, are sitting bedside. And they realize, and this is a spoiler, I guess, but I don't care. Um, he, the kid <laughs> lives. It's a, it's a true story. Um, yeah. And the, the kid squeezes their hands. The mom's like, we should go tell the doctor. And Topher Grace, being the pastor, goes, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that got me, because that, that seemed like a real reaction. Like, I could see many yeah. of my pastor friends and, having. Yeah, like, and, and that's one of the things I actually, from, you know, both of you and I, uh, for those who don't know, have been involved in ministry. And um, I think that that was a genuine back and forth as they had because I feel like in a lot of Christian movies pastors are seen as very yeah. vanilla and are seen as you know even if they're having a bad day like it's yeah. in a funny way like oh I spilled my coffee on my shirt silly me like it's more yeah. of that approach and I felt like even um at the beginning when uh the mom doesn't agree with the worship style or you know makes yeah. fun of his haircut and you know, that sort of stuff. But to see that, that's something that, you know, ministers actually mm -hmm. deal with is kind of that conflict and tension of being a new person and trying to get involved in people's lives with their hesitance. And so um, I think that was actually one of the good parts of the movie is I think Topher Grace did a good job of not portraying this completely perfect right. guy, but just this guy who wants to help walk this family through a tough time and guide them mm -hmm. spiritually in whatever way he can. And as opposed to being basically this Jesus figure who has all the answers and always does everything right. And so um, I actually enjoyed that part of the movie. And like you said, even his reaction of, um, you know, just being a person and being excited or being, you know, in the caught up in the moments um, as opposed to saying, yes, let praise the Lord. Exactly. Let us do that. Like, you know what I mean? And so, so that was, that I agree with. I think that that was a good. So you and movie. I were both sitting at about like two and a half out of five. Um, IMDb Correct. users yeah. have this rated right now at 4.7 out of 10. So we're right about on par with everybody yeah. else. Um, yeah. I, th I think for the most part. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. and so I, I feel like it's a good movie, but don't be in a rush to see it. Yeah, and I think, I think this could be, I mean, I mm -hmm. hope it does well um, because, you know, like I said, there was nothing offensive about it. And by offensive, I mean, as a Christian and as a lover yeah. of movies, I wasn't like, this is, this is making Christians right. look bad by how poorly of a job you're doing, which there are some films that do that. And if um, I want to get, but I think that uh, if be, I want to get like really nitpicky too, there's some things that are like my eyes rolled to the backside of my head where it would have been yeah, easier yeah. for them just to keep rolling to the front again than to come all the way back. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then obviously, those were those Christian tropes and stuff. And, you know, in studying film, like in college and stuff, there were some things where I'm like, why do they just do that? Like, there's a scene where the kid storms out of the gym after practice. And instead of just focusing on yeah. him walking through the door, the coach cuts right across the screen out of focus just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, just like nobody told him hey <laughs> don't do that <laughs> this, is the, this yeah. is the shot line don't do that so yeah yeah and so yeah there's just those things that you can tell like you know the production budget just probably wasn't as great as it should have been um but like i said there was nothing in it that made me feel like this is just poorly done um but it, there was nothing about it that makes me want mm -hmm. you to rush out and watch it like if you were 
if you were going to go watch it, there's nothing to stop you from doing it. I yeah. think that you'll enjoy yourself. Um, if you're on the fence, I think it could be a great thing when it comes out, like if it ever comes out on Netflix yeah. or, you know, comes out on a if for you, rental if you, or if for you streaming, go to a church I think this that eventually comes out on DVD or streaming and stuff, there will be small groups around it. Yep. There will be like, hey, yep. hey, church parents, let's get, I'll get together and watch this with our kids and, and yes. have a, yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. And I think that it'll make a good impact in that. Like, I think that's the thing is there's no reason for you to see it in the movie theaters unless you yeah. just want to go to a movie. Um, but I think that it will do very well kind of um, in, I can't remember the term for it, but basically yeah. streaming, um, home and video, that sort of if, thing. I think if it'll you're be dying fine. to see a movie before Thursday, like you, man, I got this movie pass ticket that is about to expire on mm-hmm. Wednesday. I need to see a movie in theaters by no later than Wednesday. This movie is perfectly fine for that. Um, because yeah, yeah. Thursday Endgame yeah. comes out and there's not going to be a shortage yeah. of and then that's a whole, uh, yeah. movies to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. So yeah. Let's now we're, let's jump into Christian films in general, Christian cinema, as I posted mm-hmm. on our Facebook page mm-hmm. earlier today. Uh, Friday, Good Friday. What up? Here, here's yeah. one thing. What up? So we, and I, I'm gonna. This was kind of where I was headed earlier in the cast, as us professional podcasters call it, the cast. Um, mm-hmm. I think yes, there was availability of being the big weekend or the weekend before the major. Marvel movies and really kicks off the summer and stuff and there wasn't a whole lot of stuff here and I don't know how this weekend normally plays up with movies and movie attendance but it's Mm -hmm. Easter weekend and so what yeah and that was obviously and I think and I think that's kind of my issue with Christian movies is they it's the same thing with Christian music, Christian bookstores, you know, now that we know like Lifeway and other Christian bookstores are going out of business and closing up shop, mm-hmm. is they put Christian before it, Christian cinema, Christian music, as it's a marketing tool. It's a, it's a way yes. to say, hey, we're okay, come see us, we're Christian, give us your money. All it is is a marketing tool. And, yes. I, and I believe that. And I believe that's the problem with contemporary Christian music. I believe that's the problem with um, con- with Christian movies is that mm-hmm. especially something like this where it's like, and this was put out by Fox and Disney. This is the first to have Fox movie to have a Disney byline. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a money thing. And, and yeah, especially coming out on Easter, like, hey, there's this big Christian movie. Oh, it comes out on Easter weekend. What? We need to go. Um, yes. yes. And I think as far as and just Christian movies in general, it's it's a it's a way to make money. And uh, yeah, for sure. And and yeah, and so I think that um, you know, I think that Christian rap is one of the few ones that kind of is doing a lot better at kind Correct. of getting yes. out of that bubble. Um, Le- Lecrae is famously uh, quoted as saying, I'm a rapper who's yeah. Christian, not a Christian rapper. And a lot of people take that as a slight, but I think what he means is, um, you know, obviously he shares his faith. Uh, he's very open about his faith. And, um, but at the same time, not every um, song is about kind of like how we referenced earlier. Exactly. And, and, I think that you can have Christians who make quality film and talk about redeeming mm-hmm. values and Christian values um, without it necessarily being um, a film specifically about either Jesus or Christians and their struggles. Um, but I think that you can um, use, you know, good storytelling and good um, moral Christian values um, communi- and communicate that through just a regular right. movie. Um, and I think that, um, I was talking to one of our friends, um, on that post, actually, uh, our friend Brandon about, um, cause my wife had chimed in that 
you know, they kind of have a built in, they know how much money they're going to yeah. make. Cause essentially the same people that saw, you know, this movie are the same people who are going to see unplanned or the same people who are going to see God's not dead. Um, you know, it's just kind of the same group yeah. of people. Um, and while part of that is, um, you know, just a cultural problem. I think that some people can kind of smell a Christian film mm-hmm. a mile away in through the marketing and through what the movie's about. And so you kind of have that bias on the other side where while you have some people that say, okay, it's a pure flicks movie. So I'm going to see it just based off the fact that it's a pure flicks movie. Um, you also have people where it could be a great cinematic film, but they find out that it's a Christian movie, you know, a faith film. And so they are not going to see it because they assume it or is going super to be preachy um, or and so yeah exactly one-sided. and so um, but one of the things that uh, Brandon had brought up was budget and this is one of the ones where I'm kind of mm-hmm. shaky on um, because I, the church world doesn't like to talk right. about money a lot um, and but if we're honest there are a lot of people. Uh, who believe in Jesus, who are great Christian men and women of God, who have a lot of money that would invest into a quality product. Um, and I think that one of, so uh, I was looking at executive producer. Breakthrough. Exactly. Like exactly. Multi-million guy. And he, and you can see it in comparison to other movies where like we were talking about, the acting was considerably mm-hmm. better because they went and they spent the money on it. And while it wasn't, groundbreaking or incredible um it's a lot better than you, it would you can see been, the uh random actors or sub level exactly people like exactly people because that's how it started is you um i believe that um god's not dead even or in some of those mm-hmm. earlier films uh were heavily supported by actually a mega church yeah who kind of invested money and this was like part of their whole thing. And so they just kind of had people from their community acting, um, being Those in were, the movie. I, but, God's not yeah, dead, but I think part, was the, maybe a bridging point, but like courageous fireproof, um, yes. and face of the giants all produced by the same church, all directed yeah. at like starring the same guy. Those all that, the, yes. that that's the grouping that you were thinking of. Exactly. And part of it, too, is I, I'm just and maybe this uh, um, breakthrough is maybe a baby step mm-hmm. in the right direction. But um, one of the things that makes me super discouraged is when God's Not Dead was made for two million dollars. And so when I say two million dollars for most people, that is a large, large mm-hmm. amount of money. Um, but we're set most B movies that are just kind of being made. In Hollywood today, uh, you're looking at maybe $20 million um, just like for just a regular, okay, it's going to be in theaters, it's going to do okay. And that, like, we're not talking big mega blockbusters here, but you know, $20 million is an okay amount of money. So $2 million is, yeah. a, is an indie film, essentially. Um, it's not a lot of money. But then the thing is, off of that $2 million, they made $20 million. Right. Uh, just in the movie theater. So not talking about, like you were talking about earlier, uh, all the you know devotional sets mm-hmm. that were sold and all of the DVDs and streaming and all that that was made out of, but just off of movie tickets, God's Not Dead made, um, what is that, 10 times its production cost um, in the, just the movie theater. And then God's Not Dead 2 comes out and they bump up the budget to $5 million. And then it once again makes an enormous amount of money i want to say it made um somewhere in the range of uh it right. it made more than the first one um i'm gonna try to look it up right now um but it made a lot and lot of money um let's see here but no see doing the whole look up on the and fly so thing. I, um yeah i get that and, it may- and i will say i'm gonna quick interject you brought up lecrae lecrae was in breakthrough yeah. i thought that was him i had to double check yeah, and I was like, "Oh, let's look." It was yeah. Um, with next to uh, Phil Wickham, yes, Phil Wickham. Um, but no, I think budget is yeah. a huge factor in these, especially. And so, like movies like this, Breakthrough getting put out by Fox and Disney and these other companies that are able to see the profit in it, um, and like versus older ones. And there's and actually how I 
ranked our, I created that post of all the movie pictures on Facebook is kind of, if you look like it's kind of tiered at like the quality. And I think I would even argue the budget that these movies had, um, you know, captive Hacksaw Ridge and book of Eli are all top, like top stars, top actors, directors in it produced by the top companies. Um, and I'm sure they had a bigger budget to them versus what other ones yeah. did. Yeah, so for me, that's where I'm more disappointed is the fact that they know that mm-hmm. they're going to make money. And it's a, and it seems to be about the same um, for these films. You make around $20 million. Like that's kind of um, for the movie you're putting out because like I said, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. You know mm-hmm. your audience and who's going to go. And so... For them, like, I mean, I get it from a business standpoint. Why invest $15 million and make $5 million profit um, into a movie just so it can be art-wise better when we can invest $2 million and make $20 million and the same amount of people are going to come either way. But I think that the only way that you take that next step and you start hopefully doing what these movies are hopefully supposed to be doing which is to share the message of the gospel and what god is doing to people who do not know god and who do not follow uh you know what he's doing that i would assume that's the goal like we kind of joked about it earlier but the goal should not be for um you know and that's the thing too is if that's your goal then just be honest about it if you're saying hey we just want to produce movies that people who maybe uh are christians um and they want to uh they don't feel like they have a lot of options because you know maybe they think there's too much violence sex um nudity Mm -hmm. like all this sort of stuff in films and in entertainment so we want to give them kind of like another option um then that's fine but don't sell it as oh no this is a great like outreach tool and all this sort of stuff if you're not going to invest in doing it correctly um and I think kind of like you said earlier, I think that's where a lot of um, Christian media kind of falls off is if it is just sort of, hey, we're trying to make this own subculture um, that's a safe place for believers to be, then that's fine. I think that there is a place for that. Um, but then don't be offended and don't be confused where you're like, oh, why does no one they, – they don't like this movie because it talks about Jesus. No, it's because you don't pay attention – to proper script writing and setting mm-hmm. up a scene correctly and doing good character development. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that can't just be the cop out. Like, Oh, well, and it's just because we're talking about Jesus. Like, no, because there are some really great films that wrestle with faith and that talk about um, kind of like you were even talking about those deeper questions um, in a very productive mm-hmm. and artful way um, that can one be financially successful. That can be critically successful um, and still be very open and very blunt about uh, the fact that they are a quote-unquote Christian film and that they are going to wrestle with these uh, Christian values and ideas. Yes, exactly. And uh, Yeah, and I think, and obviously budget and all that stuff plays into it, um, and the company's willingness to put money into it. Uh, like you said, it makes sense why, hey, well, if we can spend 2 versus 10 and still make 20 let's have that extra profit. But yeah, I think once you start producing more quality content, that 20 million is going to grow and it's going to exceed. And I think there was, yes, let's see, it's 2019. Now I think around maybe like 2015 or so there was a time where I felt like every single movie that was coming out or every month, there was this new Christian movie that you had to see. It was, prayer warriors or my prayer closet or or this and this and there were so many that they were just pumping out of these Christian movies that were by the same company by Pure Flix or whoever and it was such a saturated market and it was so dumb but I'm also sitting here thinking mm-hmm. like hey if like you can tell that a lot of it's budget reasons that they're these movies are kind of failing and um if you put out 12 movies a year and each budget is $1 million, why not put out 
six movies a year where you can then double the budget to two million or put out three movies a year yeah. and now you've got a four million dollar budget um exactly you can get better actors you can get better scripts and scripts and stuff and so yeah and but I think the, and I think the state of Christian movies has definitely grown since the days of facing the giants and courageous. Not that those aren't air quotes life altering movies. You know they're powerful and they mm-hmm. hit the notes they're about to hit. They hit the emotional cues. They have the right sad songs playing. That like oh man is the team gonna win state? Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the wind randomly changed direction, and it's the Lord. And like breakthrough when it started snowing after she's praying. I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. a coincidence. Lady. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, yeah, and I think that part of it too. Um, I think as us as critics and even uh, Christians mm-hmm. in general need to realize that you, there's two different things that you're critiquing. Um, you can critique uh, the validity of what the movie is trying to, the message mm-hmm. of the movie, and the effectiveness of how well they told yeah. it. Um, and I think that people are often either gun shy of critiquing Christian films um, because the message is good. Like mm-hmm. Breakthrough, for example, it's it's really good. It's super encouraging. Like I said it's a miracle what happened in that family, in that community um, and what God did. But then at the same time, I think that we need to also be real with our critiques and give, you know, give mm-hmm. glory where glory is due. <laughs> and then, but also um, be honest about, okay, but here are some things that could have taken it from a good movie to right. a great movie. Cause like there, there are plenty of really amazing quality films that feature people who are terrible yes. people and who do terrible things. That does not mean that I say that just because the movie itself is good, that we should emulate or we should celebrate who those, who those individual right. people are. But like one of my favorite uh, movies is Goodfellas, which is a movie about a lot of terrible people who do mm-hmm. a lot of terrible things, but the way that they show and how they make you feel and they, uh, build those characters and show those characters is a great work of art. But that does not mean I think that everyone should go out and be a gangster and sell drugs and <laughs> to commit murder. And in the same way, while you can have people where their faith is amazing and what God did was incredible, um, I think that you need to just be able to separate the two and say, but that does not mean that whatever you put up on the screen is going to be celebrated or that just because I dislike it or I critique it means that I'm critiquing or lessening what God was doing in the actual yeah. event. And I, and I definitely agree. And, and let me, let me ask you this after watching breakthrough, uh-huh. we both got out at about the same time. Can you tell me what the message of that movie mm-hmm. was? Oof. I, I would probably say um, they seem to be harping a lot on the whole idea of okay. praying boldly. Um, and the whole concept of uh, like trust and faith and saying, okay, when we're going to pray or when we're going to seek after God, we're going to truly do it versus just kind of going through the motions and mm-hmm. doing it as like a good Christian person. Like, Oh God, right. I hope this happens. Amen. Um, versus God, I need you to show up in this moment. And even if you don't show up in this moment, I'm going to let you be the one who's in charge of this. So um, that would probably be like if I had to kind of, you know, write a one okay. paragraph thesis on it. Because it was, I, even sitting here now, I'm sitting and thinking like, man, like I feel, and I feel like they could have told the story better. And I think this is a lot with Christian movies. They mm-hmm. can tell the stories better because you don't walk out knowing like, huh, what was, I got what they were trying to say. And I got the, the, the message yeah. they were trying to say. Through yeah. That. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I agree that there isn't typically, and I think this one does a little bit better than most of your quote-unquote stereotypical Christian films, but um, I do think that's one of the areas that they lack, is you normally have one character who mm-hmm. starts off as a good person and then becomes like a godly person versus you have a flawed character who, through his experiences, 
um, learns to grow right. and change and do things differently. Um, and I think they they try to. It's a little bit clunky. The mom's like they're trying to fit it in, like um, her relationship with there's the pastor. A point. And, yeah, exactly. And even with the boy, like they're like in the beginning, they're in a basketball game and he doesn't pass the ball. And then at the end, after uh, all his experiences, yeah. he does pass the ball. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, weird. How like, bad? It's like, oh, is, wow, he did. How, like, you know what I mean? and, how bad is that team? Are both of those teams, is that league, that at the end of the game, the <laughs> score was 35 to 33? <laughs> hey, man, it was a classic, classic, It was I guess. so good. Uh, exactly. Right. That's the thing. Is it, it wasn't that they were bad offensive teams. It was that they were both you know, shutting it right. down, slapping the floor. So, all right. Hey, so let's, uh, we're going to start wrapping this up, but Hey, I, I believe in Christian films. I think that, you know, uh, you know, it's one of my passions is that God is the greatest storyteller of all time and that he has an amazing mm-hmm. story for each and every one of us. And I think that that's one of the things that gets me more upset is as Christians, we should be telling the best stories. We should not be second rate. We should not be, um, you know, kind of DVD bin, like clearance bin level, mo- like right. storytellers, movie goers, but we should be making the best. And I think that there are some out there. Um, and so I'm going to go first because I'm kind of springing this on you. Um, but I just want you to share if for someone okay. who's doubting Christian movies, uh, one that they sh- should go and they should see and that they would enjoy. Um, and so for me, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and it's silence. Um, it's a Martin Scorsese film. I believe we actually probably even touched about it uh, during the last episode, but it's just so good. Um, every from the acting to the directing to the cinematography to the script to the message from start to finish, it it's an emotional movie. Um, I know that we mm-hmm. joke that we cry a lot, but it's one that makes you. It it does wrestle with those things that we feel like uh, breakthrough mm-hmm. kind of shied away from. But like, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean? At what point, um, like, this is not really super spoilers or anything like that, but basically it's about uh, missionaries um, in the 17th century. They're two priests uh, and they have to go to Japan and it's illegal uh, for anyone to worship anyone other than the emperor um, in Japan at that time to the point where they will kill Mm -hmm. you if they find out that you are a Christian. And so um, it, it wrestles with the question of, uh, you know, if you deny me before others, then I will deny you before the Father, uh, these deeper questions. But if your life is on the line, and let's say you're the pastor of a church in this area, um, let's say modern-day uh, Middle East, and it is illegal for you to be a Christian, uh, what, is, what, what is better for you to, uh, when you are caught, say, I am a Christian, and then be put to death, or for you to lie and say, mm-hmm. so you can continue to minister to the people around you? And wrestling with those hard ideas of, you know, the greater good, or is it a better testimony for you to sacrifice your life, knowing that you're leaving behind people who uh, now don't have a shepherd and all these things. And so um, that's an example for me of a great, great film that literally as a Christian will probably make you sick and like ache your heart by the end of it, because it's making you wrestle with those ideas of, um, you know, what would I truly give up and what would I truly sacrifice to follow God? And is, is there a point that um, it's better to yield um, for the long-term fruit of your ministry versus uh, to go all out and to give up your life just to um, see it end right there. And so it's just a really great movie. Um, The acting, uh, it has Andrew Garfield in it, Adam Drivers in it, Liam um, Neeson's in it. And it's just, from start to finish, a gut punch, but especially for uh, Christians, I think it's a necessity mm. to watch it. Um, it. I think I think it's rated R, uh, mostly just because of violence and some language, um, because there's like some torture and things like that. But um, a very, very, very great film. So that for me, uh, when I see something like that, it gives me hope that Christian films uh, trying to spread Christian messages uh, can be done okay. properly. Um, so mine is a little bit older, older film. One of my top um, all-time films as well. Um, it's called Ghostbusters. I don't know if you've heard of it. 
<laughs> very slightly. Yes. They weave through Jesus very slightly, but there's a thread. No. Exactly. <laughs> they they very subtly. Um, no, but seriously, mine is a 2015 movie called Captive, and I think I talked about it last week mm-hmm. um, or so. If not, uh, I apologize. Um, but it stars Kate Mara, David Oyelowo, um, Mimi Rogers, Michael K. Williams, a really a big cast. And I, it's a, it's a true story yeah. about, um, and that's the thing too. I think, I don't think Christian movies all have to be true stories, but I think it helps give it that realisticness. Cause you see these other super, yeah, gives it, gives it ways. it's not that a... goes so far and like Jesus provided everything, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it gives it that necessary weight that it needs. But it's um, a single mother struggling with a drug addiction is taken hostage in her own apartment by a man on the run who was broken out of jail and murdered the judge assigned to his case. And basically it's the, the, the time that they spent together trapped in her apartment and how reading um, Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, that's it. And he... And it like changes his life, but it's this whole story, this whole relationship between these two people that are battling demons and battling all this other stuff. Um, and it's all about just faith and redemption and survival. And it's a great story, beautifully told, great actors in it. Um, they all do a great job. And I, and again, it's one of those, it was one of those first, like for me, like big Christian movies that I've seen really take a step up. Um, so that's um, all we have today. Waz's pick of silence and captive for me, myself are just huge Christian movies that we think really influenced us. Um, I think Waz may have gotten disconnected, but uh, thanks so much for guys for listening. Be sure to find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what we watched online. Um, you can just search what we watched online, I believe, and it should come up. Um, like us, follow us, subscribe to us here on Anchor. And as soon as we get out to other um, areas, iTunes, Spotify, and that stuff, we'll be sure to let you guys know. Thanks so much. Uh, you guys are all awesome. Uh, yeah, have a good day. <laughs>